This is episode 001 with Coach Brooke Wyckoff. Welcome to Be Contagious. My name is Coach Hernando Planels Jr., and I'm a college basketball coach who believes that leadership is the key to everything. Each week, we bring you stimulating conversation to help you discover ways to be an inspirational force with the people around you. Thanks for spending some time with me today, and let's get contagious. Guys, we've got a great show for you. Florida State's own Brooke Wyckoff has joined us at the Final Four in Dallas. We talk about Spain, energy, enthusiasm, and who would play her in the next motion picture. Enjoy it, guys. Hey, guys, thanks for watching. I am here with the talented Brooke Wyckoff from Florida State University. She's here because... Every time I see her over the last four years on the sidelines in recruiting, her energy is absolutely contagious. So, Brooke, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Hernando. Ah. I love talking to you, and um, I'm going to try and match your energy. Well, please, this is going to be this is going to be good. So, yeah. a lot of people may be seeing you for the very first time. Mm -hmm. They don't know where you came from, what you did. You're at Florida State. Yes. You are big time at Florida State. Mm -hmm. So, kind of kind of share how you got there. Yeah. How I got there was I played there, and but I grew up in Cincinnati, and Florida State recruited me, and it was far away, and I didn't know much about it, but something in me was weird. I was a terrible recruit, would never <laughs> want to recruit a kid like me, but something in me when it came down to it just was like Florida State. So I went, ended up being an amazing um, time, and Sue Semrau was my, she came in, she didn't recruit me, she came in my freshman year, um, and so... She's now been there 20 years. So six years ago, um, she called and said she had a spot available and an assistant job open. And I was like, really? You know, and again, it just felt right. Like it felt like the right next move. And so that was six years ago. It feels like six minutes ago. <laughs> but yeah, so it's been great. Now, now I think you're sugarcoating. I, I actually, <laughs> always, you had a great career at Florida State. You went on to play professional basketball yes. right here yes. in the States and in España. And in España, sí. yes. ¿Hablas español? Sí, oh. claro. Soy vieja, así que, bueno, muchos años en España, ya, ya hablo. Okay. So, how, okay, how many years in Spain? Um, it was over the court. My professional career was back and forth with WNBA. You know how it goes. Summer and then the regular basketball season in Spain. Over the course of eight or nine seasons. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of time to be there and learn the, learn the language right. and be immersed. And I absolutely loved it. Now talk about talk about being a woman in another country mm -hmm. in another, with another language. For, I mean, obviously you learned the language. You embedded yourself in the culture. But how was it when you first got there? Um, it was crazy. I mean, I, I, that's what I just love about being an athlete and watching athletes adapt and adjust and it just becomes normal. And then you go get out in the real world and you talk to, you know, normal people or non-athletes and they're just like, they don't adapt like athletes do. Right. They don't deal with the highs and lows of life like athletes do. That's why I'm so thankful that I was one. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was crazy. I didn't speak English or didn't speak. I didn't speak Spanish. Um, I was in a small town called Oviedo in North, Northern Spain, yes. Northwestern Spain. And it was just like, whoa. And, um, but the Spanish people are so nice and they just, there was, there were girls on the team that spoke English and just 
brought me in and did everything for me to help me out. And, and that's what it was. It was the relationships. And I just, I fell in love with the people and the country and um, never wanted to leave. So I got a job in Spain, in different cities, oh, wow. but always went back to Spain to yeah. play. Yeah. Now, you, you said the key word relationships. Yeah. Is that something that you're, you're very, you have a lot of energy. Is that mm-hmm. how you were raised? that where you always are? You know, because you mm-hmm. come across someone who could really put things together. Well, thanks. Um, I'm the oldest of six kids. Okay. So um, I don't know if it comes from that. I think I'm also, you know, a big time people pleaser. <laughs> Try, right. you know, over the years I've become less of one, but I think that's how I've always gotten, you know, through life is trying to, you know, be relational with people, try to empathize and, and, um, you know, sometimes it's a bad thing, but I, I think that's, I um, really get my energy from connecting with people, definitely right. like yourself. And, um, and that in coaching I found and recruiting is very, a very valuable tool and also making teams professionally. I mean, honestly, I played in the WNBA for a lot of years, not because I don't, I was definitely not the most talented, but I was willing to be a team, a great teammate, uh, really came there every day with the same type of attitude, just smiling. And if I had a bad day, people were like, Brooke, are you okay? Like, <laughs> I've never seen you not smile. Yeah. I'm like, Oh my God. You know? So honestly, I tell my players all the time, like if you can do that kind of stuff and has nothing, I mean, it has a little bit to do with your basketball skill. Uh, you know, you need to be a good player. But things like that get you in, you yeah. know, when you can be relational and you can ha- bring energy. Right. It's too rare, you right. know, and, and so it's it's a really valuable skill to have. So All right, oldest of six. Yes. How old is the youngest? She is uh, 22. She's actually here. She's a GA at Vanderbilt. OK. Yeah. OK. She's she's. Yes, 14 years difference. All right. So wait, that makes it 23. So basically, you, you have the, the older kid syndrome, yeah. right? So you're the oldest. You, you mean, now tell me if I'm wrong, right? means you felt responsible yeah. for a lot of them. Mm-hmm. People pleaser, which you just said. Yeah. Okay. You don't do that. But also you bring people together, right? Mm. And that's now I'm the I'm not the oldest. I am well from my mom's side, I'm number eight of ten. And from my mom and dad, I'm the oldest of two. Uh-huh. So I understand that. Because yeah. having that wanting to please people. Yes. And serve them. Yes. Um, and bring people together is, yeah. is a huge, huge thing. It part. is. Now, it is. do you think it's because the way you were raised? Um, or is, or is it something that you kind of not learned over time, mm-hmm. but it was always inside of you. It just came out at the right time. The whole nature versus nurture thing, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's both. Um, I, I do. I think that obviously I have siblings. A lot of my siblings like were similar in the same sense of like we want to make sure everybody's okay, and you know, um, have you ever done the color test? No. Okay, I'm a blue. The I'm, color test. The color test. It's like a personality. It's okay. one of those. But blue, I'm a blue, and that's like, I want to make sure everybody's okay. Right. Like you said, feeling right. responsible. Right. And if you're okay, I'm okay. Yeah. You know? Um, I think that was in me, but I think just living in that household with six kids and kind of, and my parents are very much like that. That's yeah. kind of what they modeled. Um, so I think it was a little bit of both. Yeah. Now, do you, do you, <laughs> you take your career, how did that prepare you, you know, being overseas, mm-hmm. meeting different people? Like, go a little more in depth on how prepared you your first time as a college coach yeah. for a huge program. Yeah. So someone you played for. Right. But how was that transition for you? Um, I, thankfully, I did not have a clue what I was getting in, myself into. I mean, honestly, like, I I look back now and I'm like, wow, Sue, like, you, 
you know, she took a big chance on me. Like she really believed in me and enough to bring me on because it is a huge role and it that, with responsibility, you know, like to me. And so, um, I didn't know again, like I didn't know all of the things that I would need to be able to do when I stepped into that job. But now looking back, you know, I played basketball for 20 years of my life and then I was so ready to be done. Yeah. I was like, Oh God, <laughs> can I, let me be a business. Let me be a teacher. You know, I just wanted to do anything but basketball. Couldn't wait. You know, I thought, wow, the whole world's out there. Now I look back and it prepared me for what I'm doing now. And I love what I'm doing now. You know, it was a 20 year, you know, just lesson, lesson after lesson after lesson, preparedness, whether it was making, you know, the biggest thing, developing relationships in Spain right. to recruit Spanish players. I mean, it's not the biggest thing, but it's it was huge. Right. You know, I had no idea that was going on. Me being someone that, um, you know, was a person that developed relationships with the people there, not just, you know, clinging on to the other American right, on the team right. and let's just talk. Got, you know, gave me that opportunity to recruit kid, younger kids out of that those same clubs. Um, and, you know, obviously just the basketball experience, the knowledge of the game. Whew, I mean, I, I look back and I'm so thankful. It is. Yeah. I, I, but it's so funny because I, I tell you, I was dying to get out of basketball. I, yeah. You know, and now I'm like, well, thank God. This and your is, head coach brought you back. She brought me back in. I mean, I never left. Like, right. I, I retired, okay. was trying to figure out what I was going to do. Um, but got into coaching at the high school level. I was like, wow, really? I like this. What What's wrong with me? Right. You know? And yeah. the rest is history. Now, but she, and now, so when she offered you the job, tell me if you can remember where your confidence level was. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's fear, but did you have your coach mm -hmm. calling you back and yeah. saying, hey, come home? I mean, that's got to be pretty good when you have someone who has faith in you. Oh, yeah. I mean, that it was all, you know, it always goes back to Sue. I mean, in terms of she has been such a huge mentor, role model. And because, like, and I don't mean, like, it goes back to Sue. She's just the right. center. But it's because she is, but it's she's a servant leader. Mm -hmm. She makes it all about everybody else, you know, and that is. But then it's like people are just drawn to her because of that, because she makes it about everybody else. And it's not like. It's about me. It's about you guys. And so she has built, like, this amazing thing at Florida State from the ground up. I mean, we were terrible when I got there, when we both got there. And so for her to, again, like, take a chance on a former player, um, make it about me and right, my development, right. you know, at the expense possibly of the success of her staff and her team, I just, I it blows me away. But, yeah, she brought me in and gave me confidence when – there was no confidence to be had. Um, again, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. So I remember after the first game we played, like they were, we were having dinner as a staff and they were all talking and they turned to me and they're like, so Brooke, what are your thoughts on the game? And I was like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, you know, I mean, I sort of look back and I'm like, I had nothing right, to right. add at that point. I'd never been in like this kind of a deep conversation at this level of basketball and just bam, 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 all these things that they had seen and needed to do. And it was like, I just, and the growth of coach it, through coaching has right. been so fun. It's right. so much fun. So, so your, your leadership thoughts have probably changed. Have they changed or are they same? And, and what have you seen? And what is like your kind of definition of leadership? 
my first and foremost thing that I, you know, again, it goes back to what Sue always models is servant leadership. I truly believe that. I don't think you can do this job and be in this profession very long and, and maintain your sanity if it's about you. Mm. You know, I, I just, I don't, it's too hard. You know, I mean, it's hard enough um, when you're doing it for the right reasons, which is, I think it's got to be about what you're pouring into kids. You know, it can't be about the money, although people make great money. That's awesome. But the amount of, you know, blood, sweat, and tears you put, coaches put in, uh, hour after hour, year round, it has to be about something bigger than just your success and what you're doing. You know, so that to me is, and that's what Sue models again, it's like when we lost in the Elite Eight this year, and, you know, it was like everyone wanted to go to the Final Four. I, Sue... I, she said after the game, she's like, I'm just, I'm so sorry for you guys. I wanted to see you guys there. Yeah. She doesn't, she wants to get to the final four. We all do. Right. But it's about the players. It's about seeing them achieve that stuff and the work that they, you know, all the work they put in and getting to that point. Um, I truly believe as a leader, it's got to be about everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Now, a big part of that has to be communication. Yeah, you know, oh, and, and as and as everyone can see, you are you are matching the energy that we have going on here, which is fantastic. But talk about like your communication. I know for mm-hmm. for us and for me, mm-hmm. I just keep talking and talking. To, probably I probably beat a dead horse, mm-hmm. but it's also tone and how you yeah. come across. And I think a lot of fans have seen how you are on the sideline. You mm-hmm. get up, you yeah, you fist pump, <laughs> you're clapping your hands, you're doing all those things. That, that you're doing, but, but how, have you seen yourself communicate and what do you think about it? Yeah, I, well, that's a big growth area for me. I mean, obviously, when you're, you start out, I, we, my strength coach jokes with me all the time, our strength coach, when I started out doing scouts and stuff, I mean, you know when you're just like speaking and public, like things just come to your head and you've never said that in your life. Like it happens to me all the time. I've never said this word or this phrase in my life. It just comes out when you're searching for something to say. So I would randomly say the funniest, stupidest stuff that had nothing to do with, you know, like terms I was using. That was like the first year and he'd always love to like catch me and, you right. know, now it's all basketball. So he's like, you're just so coachy now, you know, like you just, you just, and it just comes more naturally, you know, the experience of it, I've become a better, more, you know, to the point, direct communicator, I try to be succinct, not drone on, you know, all of those things. But also with kids, like, they're all different, you know. And so that's another huge challenge, um, which can be fun. How does this kid want to be communicated to? How are they perceiving me? Have I spent enough time with them off the court for them to really hear me when I'm talking to them on the court, you know? Um, And and what what are they hearing? Um, that I'm saying, you know, and, and how are they hearing it and what's really getting through and all of those things. I love coaching because it's such, it forces me to re- self-reflect so yes. much. Yes. Because communication mostly. That's, that's right. You yeah. know, how am I coming across? You know, they're looking at me asleep or cross-eyed or mm, you, you know what, you know, like, or, okay, got you coach, you know? And so you can just, you get all this feedback all the time. And I know you're great at it too. I mean, I, I really envy like how you, the energy, anybody that talks to you, I mean, my kids yesterday that are in the So You Want to Be Coached, like they talked about you when they text me, you know? And I mean, it's, that's, that is a win for it a is. coach. Yeah, it is. You know? It so. is. 
Well, I, I mean, I really, I came across something that, um, it's Mel Robbins, mm. and she talks about you're in two stages every day of your life. You're in autopilot, mm-hmm. or you're on drive. Mm. And I think yeah. in coaching and leadership, there are maybe too many of us who are on autopilot. Mm-hmm. So then our kids match that, yeah. right? Instead of being that drive where you're saying drive. And when you're in that drive mode, you're able to change your habits. You're yeah. able to be the person that you want to be with it. And it sounds like that's exactly what you're doing. I try. I mean, and that's our biggest thing when we're talking to our kids is like, are you just getting through this practice? <laughs> are you just listening to me and nodding your head? Like, okay, just let me go. Like, get, like, just get done correcting me and move on, you know, or, and that's where, again, and, and as a coach, I feel, you know, as the season wears on, it's like, am I an autopilot with just letting kids get by with stuff? You know, am I so focused on, okay, we got to show them this play and that play and we got to, you know, run 10 sets that the other team does. And, you know, are we really, is it that autopilot, you know, in terms of like, are they continuing to develop throughout the season? All those things. I think that's great. I mean, and it's, takes energy to be in drive. It does. It takes a lot of so. a lot of energy. People always ask me like, "Hey, are you like this all the time?" Like, no. I'm kind of exhausted. <laughs> right. Really, you know. The voice goes. You can't tell my I'm like, "Ah, I can't do it." But the uh, yeah. the and some part we talked earlier about about motivation. Yeah. And and I did a video, check it out. It's on YouTube. Motivation is garbage. <laughs> and we talked about motivation really is garbage. And the reason why is motivation is a feeling. Yeah. But and you can't control feeling, but you can control your thoughts and your actions. Yeah. What are your thoughts on motivation? Yeah. Um, how do you do it? How do you get yourself going and your kids going? Yeah. I love that concept. When you told me about that, the motivation is garbage. Because we talked a lot about that this season. I keep refer- referencing our team. But, um, you know, it's good to have emotion. Mm-hmm. We were talking about this in a game. It's good to have emotion to get fired up. Or to experience, you know, fear, or you you will experience fear. It, you know, emotion is natural to become emotional, mm-hmm. and to rely feeling let feelings dictate whether you respond or whether you give up or right. whether, you know. And I think that's along the same lines. Motivation is to really, you know, rely on our feelings right. to dictate what we're doing. You know, that's, and that's how Sue framed it. When you become emotional and you let the fear overtake yes. you or you let the anger at your teammate affect how you play defense, that's being emotional. Right. There's no room for being emotional in basketball. There's room for emotion. Let's celebrate. Yes. Get angry. Emotional is letting that, you know, that feeling take over. Right. And, I, and so I think with motivation, like what you're saying, makes so much sense that yeah, it's a feeling. And what if I don't feel like it? Yes. I'm not motivated. Right. So that's where we're always struggling with the kids. Like, how do we motivate them? Because they don't right. feel like it. Well, no. You do it not because you don't feel not because you feel like it, but because you have a goal mm-hmm. or, you know, like it's your job, you know, whatever right. it is. Right. Like, what is the bigger picture? And I think we're always trying to to teach the kids that. I I, I get you know, now I, as an adult, I'm finally, you know, in my late thirties, like I get it in terms right. of this is what you do. This is, if you want to be great, no, oh, I don't feel like it. Yes. I'm tired, you know, but this is a standard that my colleagues are holding That's right. that I need to live up to. This is what I do. I have kids watching us that they're expecting this, you know, from us, this level of 
energy, mm-hmm. motivate, you know, or not motivation, but energy and, and like being on it, like knowing what the heck's going on at practice. So it's like, I, you know, I wish it, like we could expect more of the 18 to 22 year olds, but I think it is about teaching them yeah. what exactly what you're saying. Right. I think it's and, so good. And it comes back to the argument. I mean, with feelings, nowadays feelings are talked about a lot. And, yeah. and I think it's, it's not a bad thing. Yeah. Um, but it, it's also how a lot of our athletes and athletes are raised. Yeah. Now, the whole millennial thing. Yes. How do you relate to them? Yes. And too much blame, I believe, is put on them instead of the reality is they come to us as student athletes 18 years yes. right, already living one way. Yep. And then we expect them to live an entirely different way. Yeah. Right? So true. It's... It's so true, and we say that. It's like, you know, we only have four years with them after the 18 years. I mean, so sometimes you're just like, it is what it is. I mean, right. and you hope, you hope you're instilling stuff that they'll, like, it will click later on in yeah. life, which usually is the case. Unfortunately, right. we don't see the, the fruits of our labor right. at this level, you know, with that kind of stuff. But, yeah, it is, and that's, as a parent, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, that's where I'm just, like, constantly checking myself, like, am I just doing a disservice to my daughter in terms of, you know, because I am, I'm constantly, I want her to feel good. I want everything to be okay. You know, she's my baby. But I'm like, no, that's, that's not the, and I complain about it when kids come to us and it's all, and their parents are still doing that for them. Right. It's not okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it's so, it's so interesting. I'm going to have to read that book. All right. So, Obviously, you just mentioned you have a daughter. Yes. All right, so let me understand this, and let's paint this picture. Okay. You are one of the top assistant coaches in the country and one of the top women's basketball programs in the country. I mean, you are are also a mom of a beautiful young girl, and how old is she? She's three. Three years Mm -hmm. old, so she's been three years. Yes. All right, and I think your mom helps, but you're... Actually, mom doesn't help. I live far away from okay, family. Okay. Yes. So I have, I have like pseudo family, like right. in terms of I had, I hired some um, wonderful, wonderful nannies, yeah. childcare at when my daughter was six weeks old and been with us ever since. So yes. Right, so, have, so how yeah. do you do all like, how, like how do you, with your energy, like how do you accomplish all these things? And I hate using the word balance, mm. kind of making them work. Yeah. How do you do it? Um, it just, you know, like when you're presented with a situation that's like, okay, are you going to, are you going to do it or not? Like you don't have a choice. You just do it. You find a way. And I think again, being an athlete, having gone through things like living overseas and having kind of a life that's not conventional, I, things like that don't necessarily freak me out. Um, and the first thing though, is like having a staff, having a boss that gets it you know and has been totally great with just understanding the value of of that having someone on the staff with a child um all three of our assistants now have childs their children childs um but yeah so but you just kind of do it and uh, you have to have great help you know great support system um and thankfully she's a great kid so i mean it's it's been easy in that respect you just do it. I, yeah. I don't know, you know, if you want something, I want to continue to coach. I love it. I love being a mother. I don't want to be a full-time mom. And I, I'm so happy to have a child and not have to just only be, you know, involved in work and I don't think about anything else, you know. Right. So it's amazing. I look at it as a, a blessing. Mm-hmm. And in the hard moments, it's like, 
Well, you chose this path. I mean, like, this right. is, this no is one put this on you We're without done. you. You yeah. said, Brooke, you did this. Right. So here right. we go. Let's you go. Know? Let's so, so it, this could be something, you know, because I, I think having all your experiences, going to different countries, having the highs and lows, mm-hmm. right? That survival mechanism. Yeah. And I think you talked about just, you just have to do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so many people, I think, lack that in many ways. I know. You know, I was thinking, I was listening to a podcast the other day. It was, they were following, it's called Embedded. It's awesome. It, they were following two guys in the D-League. Okay. And so, you know, the, the highs and lows of that. And they were just like, and these reporters who are just like kind of nerdy reporters were like, athletes have this built-in mechanism that they can just, when they get thrown disappointment, failure, they just have a bounce back. Yeah. Like they just, it's a natural and they have, they still have a hope that things are going to be better next time. They keep trying, they keep going. And they were talking about it like it was something unique that, and things that we take for granted. Like we experience wins and losses every day, right. you know, in recruiting and act on the actual court, all of that stuff. And I do think that, you know, norm, not normal people, but people that aren't athletes, they don't really go through that and it doesn't, you know, so when you're faced with a tough situation in life where it's like, okay, crumble or move forward, athletes right. have a stronger ability, I think, Yeah. Um, to just, you know, okay, I took a hit, there's going to be another one, let's go, you know, like got to keep trying. Right. So. I think what I've seen is that there's an intentional moving forward. Yeah. I think a lot of people talk about moving forward. It's like, well, this happened, mm-hmm. I just got to keep going. Yeah. Yet they shift into this fear factor yeah and and there's no more intention yeah it's like well i'm just gonna go whereas i think a lot of student athletes um i think us people in coaching or, or people do it they enthusiastically have intention yeah to move yeah. forward which is a big part yeah right? it forces you to i mean like losses force you to you have no other choice but you got another game to put you have another and it's really cool you have another opportunity to go get something you know so it kind of builds that in where you're put in that you're put back into the fire pretty quickly usually and what are you going to do just like crumble you know no you're going to go try to win the next one so that is easier said than done i mean it is yeah it's easier when you're winning more than you're losing i you know absolutely but i i mean like my first year at florida state my first three years we lost tons i mean like tons of games Mm -hmm. What do you do? You just keep going. I mean, and now Sue, 20 years later, you know, we have a, a, an elite program. Right. You celebrate the small victories, which yeah. in turn will become bigger if you allow it to be. If you allow it. Exactly. All right. I got my last two questions. Yeah. The first one is when they make a movie about your life, <laughs> who will play you? Who will play Brooke Wyckoff? Well... I have to say, she won't play me because she's older than me, but, like, everybody I've ever come in, like, that says I look like someone, it's Cameron Diaz. Okay. Which I take as a great compliment, but I think it's because she's very, like, energetic right. and giggly. I think it's more of that. Um, but she's older than me, so I don't know. I don't know who would. Well, we'll do different stages. Maybe we'll have, like, the baby you and then the <laughs> high school you. Then the early years at Florida State, and then we'll just fast forward. Oh, God. These are tough. No, I don't know. I just, like, Cameron Diaz is always the person that, you know, Sarah is like, you look just like her. I wish I did. And Justin Timberlake would be my boyfriend, and I would be, you know, multi-millionaire actress, but, you know. It's okay. I still think Tom Cruise is going to play me one day. I'm taller than him and have no hair, but... 
I think the energy he's, could be okay. Yes. Oh, yes. Be okay. he, you guys are both deep. Like, yes. Yeah, like, I'm just not a Scientologist. No, okay. I'm not yes. a Scientologist. Yeah. Now, the last question we have, we yeah. want to ask everybody is, in order to move forward in life, mm-hmm. to be great at life, you have to fall in love mm-hmm. with something mm-hmm. to do that. I don't know if there's one, two, or three things that you have fallen in love with so that you can continue to be great. I love learning and like getting like growing and I know that sounds so cliche I've I've been fortunate to be in positions like through no choice of my own where it's like I'm in like either as a player you know moving up the level of like having to grow as a player having to learn getting into this job like I've learned so much and that is what brings me so much joy is just like being able to really learn and dive into something that I love, which is basketball, which is relationships, like the recruiting aspect. And also just like what you have to do with your players over those four years, you know, and I've failed a lot at it, but you know, just that kind of thing um, is really, really cool. Like just finding something that you like really can dive into and want to learn about, you know, I think, that is the biggest thing, um, to be a lifelong learner and, like, continue to get better. That's another thing sports teaches you. It's like, you can always be better. Yeah. You know? Well, I, mean, yeah. <laughs> I can always be better. Our players can always be better, and that's, you know, and I love that about this job. That's awesome. Be better, so. well, Brooke, I appreciate it. You, as you, you are the epitome, epitome of be contagious. I mean, you are contagious all the time. Your energy is unbelievable. Thank you. I absolutely respect and admire everything that you do. Thank you. I can never be as tall as you, but mm. I can try and be good at it. You are, you are way bigger than me and all of this <laughs> oh, stuff. No. I look up to you so much, and this has, hashtag is amazing, and I'm so happy to be here today. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. All right. And there you go. Hope you enjoyed Coach Brooke Wyckoff. Please let me know. Share it on all our social media outlets. Let's get this message out and help each other be inspired. Tweet it, Instagram it, Facebook it, whatever it is. Get it out to your people. Be great, be the light, and be contagious.